You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Welcome to the Extension Hour. I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent for Family and Community Health, and we're here every Friday right here on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 and 106.1. We always enjoy being here because we love talking about what we do in Extension. And um, we take turns, so sometimes you hear different people. Uh, You know what? Last week you heard Mike Heimer, and sadly, it is Mike Heimer's last radio show as a County Extension Agent for Agriculture because he's retiring He's been like he's been with Extension like 40 years, um, been uh, most of the time here in Montgomery County. So he is like we can say a legacy. So we'll be really sad to see him go. Um, But we're having a retirement party for him. So anybody who's interested and knows Mike, uh, feel free to come on out. That'll be on March 29th. Um, Any kind of details that you want, uh, contact April at our office. She's got um, all the details and uh, she can tell you kind of what's going on and all that good stuff. Number at our office is 936-539-7825. And actually, there's a couple of different ones. There's 25, there's 24, there's 22, there's 23, I think. There's there's, there's several. There's a plethora. (laughs) Yeah, but they all get you to the same place, and there's like kind of a menu-driven system. Um, But anyway, so that's that's kind of, I guess, one of our, our big news things. But other than that... Programming will still be going on. So um, I guess one of his last days, what he's going to do on March 27th is uh, conduct one of the private pesticide applicator training. So folks that need that, um, you can definitely get that, uh, get your continuing education hours uh, from the extension office. And that'll be the morning of March 27th, nine till about noon or so, I think. It takes about four hours, costs $50. That covers everything that you need um, to get those continuing education hours. So definitely Look into that if you need a private private pesticide applicator training. That's a lot of words. <laughs> um, so then also our master gardeners, they're really busy doing lots of good stuff. Um, and the one thing that people know the master gardeners for, always looking forward to, is this, the plant sales. So there's a fruit and nut tree sale that happened in January, and now it's time for the spring plant sale. And that will be March 24th. Um, that starts at 9 a.m., but um, before that, they do a little presentation, help people know kind of what they're looking for. And that will start at eight. Um, the presentation, I mean, and then the sale actually starts at nine. And they actually say um, they, you know, only have a limited number of wagons. So if you're interested and you have a wagon, bring your wagon on out so that you can load up and take lots of plants home. Yeah, I'll step um, in here. I came in at seven thirty to the plant sale last year. Yeah, and stood in line. Yeah. So be prepared. Be prepared. It's yes. popular. It is and because it's really they're they're good high quality plants. The master gardeners yep. have. Um, some of them, they've actually, um, you know, started from seedlings themselves in the greenhouse that we have there. But um, they're going to be selling citrus, avocados, berries, vegetables, perennials, uh, native plants, and much, much, much more. Um, so if you want more information about that, too, you can check that out online, mcmga.com. You can also um, check them out on Facebook uh, because they've got a great Facebook page. They uh, post lots of helpful tips and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, of course, our 4-H project, uh, 4-H program continues to grow and go, and they're, do, they're, they're really busy right now. It's kind of like contest season for them. So um, actually, Mike and I are going to be out at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo um, on Sunday, and yep. we're going to um, judge the food, food challenge. challenge. Yeah. So that's, you know, a lot of people think of the Livestock Show, food challenge, what? But, you know, there's a really strong connection between agriculture and food, and so um, we have our 4-Hers learning about that, yep. learning how to prepare food. So it's really, um, it's, a, it's kind of patterned after Iron Chef. So they can, um, they bring their tub of equipment and then they go to their table. They have a bag full of groceries. They don't know what's in it and they make something out of it. They have 40 minutes uh, from beginning to end to make something, figure out what they have, make something, figure out how much it costs, what the nutrients are. Um, and what else, uh, how much it costs, nutrients, and any kind of food safety um, 
principles that are uh, part of that. And then they bring it in front of a panel of judges. They do a little interview and um, they are really amazing. So I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things. But besides that, there's lots of other, you know, they're actually showing the animals, you know, at a livestock show, rodeo, imagine that. Um, so they're doing that in their 4-H program. And then also they'll be getting ready for some other contests that we call Roundup. And that's just kind of a culmination of all the projects that they've been doing. They've got several um, contests that they can participate in. There's quiz bowls. There's public speaking contests. Uh, we call them method demonstrations or educational presentations. Robotics. Yes, robotics. That's a fun one. And that's another one people don't really think about being associated with 4-H. That's not a garden. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, not an animal. Not, not yeah. an animal. Not a garden. Does doesn't grow, but it goes. Yeah. Yep. And uh, the food food show, food uh, challenge, uh, quiz bowls. What else? Uh, food fashion show, fashion storyboard, a little bit of everything. So if there is something that you want to do in 4-H, um, something you want to learn about, you can definitely do that through 4-H. So oh, it's yeah. a great youth organization. Uh, kids third grade through 12th grade um, can participate. So they'll do a county roundup. They'll do a district roundup. And then they have the chance to go to Texas A&M University campus in June and do a state roundup. So that was um, a blast last year. <laughs> yeah, that was Mike's first introduction. In fact, introductions. Um, well, let's go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, everybody. It's good to be back. My name is Mike McBride. I'm the program assistant at, in the family and community health part of the Texas A&M AgriLife office here in town. Yeah, because we do lots of stuff, but oh, yeah. family and uh, so family and consumer sciences, family and community health. We just recently changed our name. So officially probably still is. Yeah, I teach science, nutrition. Yeah. Uh, teach my first master of memory class next week. Do a lot of finance education. Uh, be getting trained and offering very soon a dealing with chronic health, whether you're the patient or you're the caregiver. Um, so lots of opportunity. If you are interested in a class in your organization, your office, whatever, give us a call. We'll see what we can do to help you out. Yeah, because we do try to be very responsive oh, yeah. to um, requests and the things that are out there in the community. So uh, speaking of that, before I get ahead of myself and introduce our lovely guests that we have today, I want to also talk about our Montgomery County Walk Across Texas Community Challenge. Woo! It's time for Woo. Walk Across Texas. So we've been doing this in uh, Montgomery County for the last four or five years. Actually, I think it's probably been um, going on even longer than that. But we've been having like a really focused challenge in April and May of every year. So it's time to do that again. Um, the idea is we've got people in uh, groups of eight. So you team up with seven of your great friends or they don't necessarily have to be your great friends. They can be co-workers. They can be uh, people in your neighborhood, family members, whatever. We just want teams of eight. It can be up to eight. So less than eight, but not more than eight. Um, and then there's also a solo walker um, opportunity too. So if someone just wants to walk by themselves, they can certainly do that. Um, so within the eight weeks of the project, we want people to do enough physical activity. So walking or other physical activity to equal 830 miles, which is roughly the distance from Orange, Texas to El Paso, Texas. So you don't literally walk across Texas. <laughs> it's very virtual. Um, and you don't have to do it all together as a team at the same time, although lots of teams have a lot of fun doing that. Um, you just do some types of physical activity. Everybody walks um, on their own or does other types of things. There's a conversion calculator online that helps people figure out how that meets up to miles. And um, 830 in eight weeks. And you know what's so cool about it? What? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So it uh, 830 miles, eight team members. That's about 10 or 11 miles per team member. About the time that it takes to walk 10 or 11 miles in a week is about 150 minutes, which is actually the CDC's recommendation for healthy adults, that we get 150 hours of physical activity. So it makes sense. It's very scientific. But at the same time, it's lots of fun. It's very motivating. I even find for myself it's motivating because I know I should walk. But when I know that I have to turn my miles in to Jenny in our office, because yep. <laughs> Jenny, Jenny says, I need your miles, I need your miles. And she puts them in as our team captain. Um, you know, I know that I've got to report that. So it makes, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and walk today, even though I don't want to. I'm going to go ahead and walk because Jenny needs my miles. <laughs> it's 190 degrees with 7,000% humidity. And we're going to walk. <laughs> well, says the man who came from Alaska. Yeah, this is true too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because April, well, so one of the reasons actually why we choose April and May, um, yeah, is because it's, it's really good in terms of uh, weather about this time of year. Um, you know, that most of the really coolness, you know, what we consider cool, not someone from Alaska, but what we consider cool 
Um, you know, that's past. The time has yep. changed. So the sun stays out longer. So it's easier to go out and walk after work or whatever. But the, the, it hasn't gotten like blistering hot yet. So um, April and May is a really good time. We have prizes. Prizes are always yeah. fun, too. And the disclaimer here, I am a Texan, born and raised. <laughs> spent 30 years in El Paso. Last 25 years or so in Alaska. Still is going to be back in Texas. Yeah. Great place. And I love these programs that we're doing. It's so much easier to get the exercise here than it was back up north because who wants to go walking when it's 35 below? <laughs> in the snow, oh uphill both ways. <laughs> and the people here are nicer. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And you get to work with cool people. <laughs> um, okay. So we've been talking about the programs that we do in extension. And um, so we come up with lots of great ideas, trying, like I said, being responsive. Uh, and so we do a lot of um, short-term responsive programming, but we also do what we call long-term planning. And that long-term planning, we call the Texas Community Futures Forum. So every about five years or so, um, we have uh, community forums where we invite people from the community, just a variety of individuals um, who have an interest in seeing their community be a better place to live. And um, we ask them to come meet with us. And in those forums, we ask what their ideas are, what, what kinds of needs do they see in our community in the next five to seven years? What kind of things need to be addressed? Um, so we actually did that in Montgomery County a couple few years ago. It's been two or three years ago. And um, so we're currently in a cycle where we're working on meeting our Texas Community Futures Forum goals, or TCFF is what we call it for short because we like acronyms. But um, our Texas Community Futures Forum, um, when we had that a couple of years ago, one of the issues that came up was homelessness yes. and helping to address the homelessness issue in Montgomery County. And so, you know, some folks may look around and think, oh, we don't have a problem, but there are, um, we do have uh, some issues to deal with here in Montgomery County. And so our guest today is the lovely Diana Garbus, and she is the new executive director of the E3 Center. So, Diana, say hello. Introduce yourself. Good afternoon. I'm glad to be here. I'm Diana. I'm the brand new executive director of the E3 Center, which stands for Equip, Educate, and Empower. Um, we're located here on 2nd Street, just a few blocks from the downtown area in Conroe. And uh, we're hoping to be opening that center very soon. We're uh, the brainchild, actually, of the Montgomery County Homeless Coalition, um, who started here in 1999. And um, it's really about uh, bringing a lot of resources together, bringing organizations together and putting together a plan to help move, move the needle, so to speak, on poverty and homelessness. Um, I think there's a what we think about of the homeless, you're thinking of the person sitting on the street corner, the panhandler, that sort of thing. And we we have some of those. But there are a lot of people who are near homeless who might be considered homeless in other scenarios where they're just not making enough money to pay for shelter. They've had a loss of a job, um, gotten sick, uh, or and they just, so they're living with someone else. Mm -hmm. uh, there might be multiple families in one uh, home. Um, they may be living in their car. Uh, there's a lot of uh, different ways to describe what a homeless person would be. And this is not only going to work with the homeless, but also those people who want to make a change in their lives financially. Um, we're trying to move people from poverty wages to a living wage. And uh, there are a lot of people working at minimum wage who need to make 12, 13, $14 an hour. Um, you just can't pay your bills. Sure. So uh, that's what the center is going to be doing, um, putting together the programming, working with multiple organizations and um, really opening our doors to those that, you know, are looking to make a difference in their lives. Right. One of the things that I love about the whole concept of the E3 Center is it's a solution, um, you know, because we can talk all day about the problems um, in our communities. But, um, you know, in Extension, we're all about extending knowledge, providing solutions. And um, so I'm just really excited that we're going to be able to help partner with the E3 Center and um, providing some of that education and being a part of the solution um, to make uh, make the problem less severe here in Montgomery County. Um, but we're going to have to take a little bit of a break, but we're going to come back. And I want to talk a little bit more about the E3 Center, how it came about, um, and then how some of our listeners can be part of the solution as well. So come right back in just a few minutes. We're listening to Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1. We'll be right back. 
The Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service has been dedicated to educating Texans for over a century. In 1915, the Extension Program was established under the federal Smith-Lever Act to deliver university knowledge and agricultural research findings directly to the people. Ever since, AgriLife Extension Programs have addressed the emerging issues of the day, serving diverse populations across the state. Texans turn to Extension for solutions in horticulture, agriculture, 4-H and youth, and family and consumer sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at one o'clock for the AgriLife Extension Hour. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Welcome back on this lovely afternoon in March 2018. What is today? March, March 16th, and tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. And I'm feeling lucky because it's great to be here. <laughs> um, this is Amy Ressler. I'm County Extension Agent, Family and Community Health with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. I've got Mike McBride with us. Say hi, Mike. Hello. And I also have Diana Garbus. Hello. And we are talking about one of the issues that uh, does face Montgomery County. We, um, I mentioned a little bit about how one of the things we do in uh, Extension is the Texas Community Futures Forum, where we're looking in, uh, into the future, trying to see what issues there are that we can help address with Extension and through education. And, um, you know, we were, we were talking about this, and I think part of the... Some of the people that were on that committee that were in part of those listening groups and those feedback groups um, were in the middle of planning things with um, the Homeless Coalition and um, saw that it was going to be an issue. And um, so that was one of the things that came to the forefront in our discussions of things that are um, going to affect Montgomery County, that are affecting Montgomery County and were at that time. But, um, you know, unless we do something about it, it's going to continue to affect us. And so... As I mentioned before, too, we like to talk more about um, solutions and not just the problems. And so a great solution is bringing in an executive director for an E3 center. So we have Diana Garbus with us. Diana, tell us a little bit about your life before the E3 center. So I've been in uh, social work, social services um, my whole life. I started when I was 12. So I'm you know, <laughs> 30 years later. Um, but uh, my last two jobs, I was actually running community centers, um, which was putting a lot of services together working with low-income families. I'm a longtime resident of Montgomery County. I actually had planned to retire. And then um, I heard about the center, talked to some of the, um, the board members of the Montgomery County Homeless Coalition. And it was just really exciting. The, the vision that they have, the being able to uh, open this brand new building with all the um, services. And uh, it's been constructed specifically for workforce training for, for counseling and educational purposes. So it was just, you know, it was just too good to, to pass up. So here I am not in retirement and um, <laughs> helping them uh, work, work on the programs that are going to be offered there, obviously raising money and, and uh, making this thing come to fruition. We've been working now uh, to get the building uh, open, to get, get the phones turned on and we're just about to open the doors uh, pretty much in the in April. We'll be able to begin doing services. And part of what the uh, coalition has been doing as well is to uh, begin to bring those organizations together, like like yours, mm -hmm. um, like uh, Lone Star College mm -hmm. is actually going to be offering workforce classes there. We have built a culinary school inside of the building. It's beautiful. Um, it has eight workstations for students to learn how to cook. Uh, fry cook. And this was one of the uh, employment opportunities that kept surfacing as people wanted to learn to be uh, uh, line cooks. Mm -hmm. And so they're going to do a fast track program there where the students will be able to go through in about three or four weeks of intensive training and then go out and get a, a good paying job here in the community. So we're very excited about that because it's the first culinary school here in the county and yeah. uh, very excited for the college. 
I'm very excited about that. So that will be happening there at the center, as well as we're going to be offering um, a lot of uh, other workforce type programs. Um, we're going to be uh, doing some case management where we will help families individually uh, work on a plan of service, what they want to do and, and what they want to accomplish. Because the reality is, as I said earlier, um, a lot of these families are just need to make more money. Right. They just need to be more financially stable. And so we're helping them figure that out. Right. Um, and it's not that they don't want to or that right. they, they can't. It's just that right. they need they need certain skills to right. be able to be marketable. Exactly. Definitely. And so besides the, the actual workforce uh, classes, we do what we call soft skills, which is to help with the resume, writing, um, dressing for interviews, preparing for interviews, and then helping them actually, you know, come up with a career path, something that, well, as I said, it's not just a job, it's something that will actually, you know, pay them enough money to pay their bills and um, and take care of their families. So uh, that's going to be a big part of what we're going to be doing. We'll also be doing um, something called financial literacy. And that has to do with the fact that many low-income families uh, operate on a cash basis. Mm-hmm. They don't have uh, checking accounts and savings accounts. And so what happens is they lose a lot of money even on having to deal with it, everything in cash, you have to pay a large, you know, fee for to cash your checks. Yeah. Um, there's a payday lending issues out there where uh, they get uh, stuck with a payday loan to pay off bills, and then they can't make the payments on the payday loan, and pretty soon it begins to snowball, and whatever equity they had is just gone. Right. And, and a lot of uh, low-income families that are just making it um, on a uh, monthly basis there's really just one one illness, one injury, you know, away from being homeless. Right. And and then, you know, it's 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 like starting all over again. Once you lose your apartment, you lose your stuff, you know, and then you're you've got to build it all back up again. Right. So I think one of the interesting things about the E3 Center um, is the way it came about is maybe a little different than some of the other um, projects that help um, help prevent homelessness. Um, so you were telling me that there was a space available mm-hmm. and then there was an idea where mm-hmm. sometimes there's an idea and then there's a space. But t- tell us more about how that happened. So I, th- I think they came kind of maybe at the same time. The, Mo- the Montgomery County Homeless Coalition has been doing a lot of educating and coordinating services uh, with monthly meetings. And so, they, you know, it's always been an idea that they wanted to do more. But the, there was a space that became available. It used to be the Montgomery County Food Bank. They built a new building, and so here's their warehouse and their uh, freezer area was available, but just needed to be remodeled. So the other thing that occurred is the county does regular um, surveying of the community about what they think is important, where they think resources need to be um, put. And so homelessness and helping individuals, low-income families, was one of those things that surfaced in the last few years. And so it was an opportunity to receive a county, a, a block, what they call a block grant. And the block grant uh, allowed the building to be remodeled. So it went from this bare bones warehouse in, a, in what was just a refrigerator you know, area mm-hmm. to this kitchen. We have three um, classrooms for teaching. We have eight offices. We have um, a shower area. We have you know a lot of uh, opportunities now. It's a beautiful building, frankly. I hope people can come by and visit us sometime um, to be able to do these resources. And then from there, you know, they began to build the partnerships with the other agencies who are now going to participate in this. For example, Volunteers of America, they're going to be doing their financial literacy work there and, and their workforce programs. Um, we're going to have workforce solutions there, helping people find jobs. Uh, the Crisis Assistance Center, their hand-up program, helping with their basic needs program, but also helping people with those life skills and work training. Um, Easter Seals will be there doing their uh, Bank On program, which is, again, getting people into a banking situation and out of, you know, the cash and the, it's, it's just educating people on how to use those resources. So there's going to be a lot of uh, individuals. We also will have adult education classes there. And so GED preparation, um, it's just going to be a lot of things going on. It's a very exciting time to be here and to get this uh, operational. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier too, that it is not a shelter. Right. And that might be a, a misconception that uh, people might have when they hear homeless coalition, it's a place to go stay. 
So it's not a shelter, but you do, they, you will be able to refer people to shelters so that they can find housing and shelter and that kind of thing, but it's not necessarily a place to stay. Right. The place to go and learn and find resources to help people help themselves. Right. And I think as much as anything, we're also, we're just kind of the umbrella. You know, the, the other agencies will be providing a lot of these services, but it's a way to get everybody in the room, everybody talking, um, kind of experiencing. So we're not duplicating services. Also, what happens with social service agencies, we have, we require paperwork, you know, that go along with <laughs> right, that. Right. And what happens is that uh, an individual who's really under stress and need winds up having to tell their story over and over again because they go to this agency and fill out an application and they go to that agency. This will allow them to come to one location where they're known, where they are, you know, cared for, so to speak. Um, I heard this, the term, everybody's going to know your name, you know, from Cheers. <laughs> um and that way they, they don't have to tell their story over and over again. And then as a group, the different organizations participating, and there will be many more before this is done, uh, will be able to walk through with that person on what they want to do. And so they won't have to, you know, drive around and go to all these different places. And so it, it will be way more efficient in how we're doing it and hopefully more effective in really moving more people out of poverty, out of homelessness and into, you know, uh, productive living situations where they're contributing, you know, giving back to their community. Sure. Um, so another thing that you had mentioned too about um, the umbrella and everybody knows your name and um, the idea of having to tell your story over and over again, um, you know, for, for someone who lives a fairly comfortable lifestyle, um, it may not seem like, you know, that big of a deal. Just, just, just go get help. There's, there's help out there. Just, just go get it. But you tell that story over and over and it can kind of become a self-defeating mm-hmm. narrative yeah. and it makes it hard to get out of. I mean, it's kind of like a, it's like a cycle and, and that's what we call it often a cycle of poverty. And what a little bit about what you mentioned in terms of the banking and, and even trying to put down a deposit on a new place and, and that you, there's not much money left. I mean, you have very little to begin with and then it doesn't go very far because you have to pay these huge amounts. And, and people don't realize how important your credit is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And and once you, you know, mess your credit up, it's hard to even rent an apartment. So not only um, some of the programs are going to be building people's credit back up so that they can, you know, like I said, once you start losing things and you get down to that bottom, it's just really hard to rebuild it all back up. And we we don't think about it when we're in our, our comfortable situation, when you're going out to look for a job. You know, we have transportation. Do they mm-hmm. have transportation? As we know, public transportation is an issue. So, you know, getting back and forth to work, some of them, we've had to, I've been in organizations, we had to buy bicycles so that people could get back and forth to work because they just couldn't afford a car. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have a car, you have to have gas, you have to have insurance, you have to have all those other, what we call kind of wraparound services to be able to do that. If you're a parent, a single parent, then you're dealing with childcare. Childcare is extremely expensive and sometimes not in the right location. Again, when you have limited resources. So, you know, figuring out ways to be able to help people get childcare. And there are programs for individuals uh, who can get some supplemental childcare while they're getting back on their feet and getting to work, but they may not know that. And so, you know, we'll be that big information uh, umbrella to connect them to the the dots and to, you know, keep working with them um, little steps at a time sometimes um, to move them through this process. Yeah. So I, I think that's such a wonderful um, thing that we're, that you're doing here, um, being able to, to help people out and that, that one-stop shop thing uh, just makes such a huge, I think it's going to make such a huge difference. Um, so we're um, here talking about the E3 Center. We've got Diana Garbus with us. Um, but we want to talk a little bit more, too. Um, I mean, you've kind of skimmed over, but let's talk a little bit more detail about some of the things that um, the E3 Center is going to be um, offering. And then also I want to uh, talk a little bit, too, about how people can help because um, such a great idea. There are a lot of people helping, but it takes all of us to make it make it work. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And then when we come back, we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that. In the meantime, you're listening to 104.5 and 106.1. Lone Star Community Radio. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. 
Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six to take your first step into the radio world. Welcome back. I'm Amy Rustler, County Extension Agent, Family and Community Health. Got Mike McBride, Diana Garbus. We've been having a really great conversation about some of the solutions that we have here in Montgomery County to help with um, the homeless issue. Um, so. Diane, I think an interesting thing that you said earlier, too, about um, you mentioned homeless or near homeless people. So um, you were telling me federal government uh, defines homelessness as on the street. Right. On the street, not having any um, shelter and having been out there at least 30 days. And those are the ones that you typically think about. The, as I said, you know, they you see the panhandler or or somebody sleeping under a bridge. Those are what the federal government call homeless but there are many, many more people who are really, you know, fit a different definition of homeless uh, or near homeless. And I think those will be a lot of the individuals that will be serving because it's really difficult if you're in crisis to be able to think about going to school or taking a you know, training class. So we have to stabilize them first. And so that's where all the partners will come in. Um, those that are offering basic needs services like uh, crisis assistance, um, the food bank, um, there's other places that we'll have to try to stabilize them. But that's where the case management comes in. That's when the, where the coordination of services come in. And that's where the whole team effort w- will come into play to be able to help individuals. Um, and in, there are individuals, obviously, who are homeless who also have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so those will also be, uh, will, will be a point for that. We obviously won't be, you know, treating people at the E3 Center, but we'll be working with Tri-County um, and getting people connected to their services. They also will be one of our referral partners. We're, we're also going to be holding, um, you mentioned listening um, opportunities. Mm-hmm. We'll continue to be listening in the community for what else we need to be doing, um, bringing groups together to meet and talk about how we address this as a group. I think there's uh, a lot of power in numbers so if we were all kind of speaking on the same wavelength and talking about the same things, it makes it very more impactful to uh, others who might want to participate in this, um, potentially to go out and find grant money as a group to bring resor- additional resources. We know there's still gaps here. Even with the E3 Center, there'll still be resources that we need to help bring to the county and to the center um, to help individuals. I mentioned that earlier about all the 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 things that an individual needs to to get better mm-hmm. so it, it's like it's you know it's going to be a big group effort here it's we just happen to be the convening organization he's going to help make those things happen and just be the resource and uh, by having the building there that's a, a wonderful start that's really rare that you have you know a whole a building dedicated to putting the community resources together in, in one location sure. we're right across the street from the salvation army uh, shelter as well. So, you know, obviously we'll be a resource for them too. And potentially individuals who, you know, need work, we can help get them connected to some work training, um, preparing individuals to go to college. It, it sounds easy. Well, I'm just going to, you know, go right. off to college. And, you know, I've had a few of uh, my failure to launch children myself, <laughs> but theirs was just, you know, not so much the skill set, but, you know, not just where they were. But you have to be prepared to go to school. You have to sure. be sure, you know, know how to navigate the college system. And it's not as easy as it sounds if you haven't had that experience or mm-hmm. even just getting to, to school, again, if you don't have a car. Right. When you talked about near homeless, too, that's um, 
a lot of folks out there are just one event away from becoming homeless. So it can take, you know, a, a severe illness, a car crash, a natural disaster. I mean, all of those, there's, there's just a, a number of things that can um, put people into a situation where they're almost homeless or actually homeless. And so part of what the E3 Center is designed to do is try to help people before they hit rock bottom. So it's more of a preventative. So I think that was another thing that we wanted to make sure was really clear that the E3 Center is not just for those who are defined by the federal government as homeless, but anyone who is potentially at risk, um, you know, struggling, having a hard time trying to make ends meet. There's a center, there, there will be the center there that's available to help find those resources. Um, because I can, I can tell you, I've been in situations in my younger years, very similar. And it, it becomes so overwhelming. I mean, you know that there's help out there, but it's hard to know where to go, who to reach out to. And somebody says that somebody else says that there's help here for this. And then you call and you get put on hold and then you get, you know, you get the runaround and you can't get anybody to help you. And nobody understands how desperate you're feeling, or it feels like no one understands how desperate you're feeling. And then you have to go to another agency. It just, um, it can be very, very defeating. And then, you know, also affect mental health. That was one of the things we talked about before too. And Mike, you um, were, you came to us after being a a counselor. By training, I am a mental health therapist. I have about 20, 25 years experience working as a crisis emergency therapist, uh, doing drug and alcohol programs in a prison, uh, just a wide variety of venues. But we dealt with the homeless on a regular basis. And it's very difficult sitting in a hospital room with somebody who is floridly psychotic and has no place to go. Mm. And I know that's not the E3 center, but once they get stabilized, they need the help that an E3 type center can offer. And that's uh, people coming back out of the middle, the involuntary hospitalization. I'm trying Uh to be polite here. They don't have a place to go. And I know that like Tri-County probably has services, but they're overwhelmed. Uh, Some of the stats I was looking at, more than 65,000 persons with disabilities did not have regular means of shelter just a couple of years ago. And the, the report I'm looking at is, is very old. 45% of the chronically homeless have some sort of mental health disability or chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking at a large number of people walking around with diabetes that's not treated. And so by the time it finally is treated, it costs the medical system a small fortune to take care of that person where they need the care now is uh, preventative medicine needs to be given to them. Uh, children, uh, pox, uh, can you speak English now? Approximately <laughs> 25% of Texas homeless are 17 and younger. So how did they get an education if they can't, if they're worried about where's the next meal, where are they sleeping tonight? Sure. And, and we, and you know, we know from uh, when we teach nutrition, mm-hmm. it, a child that is more worried about, um, you know, where their food is coming from when they're hungry, it makes it really hard to learn. And, you know, we could get into the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but you need those basic needs taken care of before you can um, start thinking about other things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it just amazed me. I think the one report, fairly recent study that I saw said that there's close to 400 people every night sleeping in under bridges out in the woods here in Montgomery County. Wow. 400. Yeah. And a lot of those are children. Are, are those just the adults? No, that's 25% that's... of those would probably be kids too. Yeah. So 100 kids sleeping outside. I know at a meeting, I think we were both at yesterday, talked about, uh, VOA was talking, the Volunteers of America was talking about one guy that was living under a bridge in Ukaney during the hurricane. Mm. And he either could not because lack of transportation would not, I really don't know the circumstances, but he spent the hurricane under a bridge until the water got so high that he had to find other shelters. So he's out looking for shelter during the middle of the storm. Wow. You know, and then when the storm water subsided, he went back to his bridge. <laughs> and so now they're helping him try to get into a home. So that's that's a huge step for this man. Sure. But that happens here in our county. And, and when you are feeling de- defeated, you know, that... Um, there's not a whole lot of help out there mm-hmm. that that helplessness, hopelessness feeling is um, just not, not, not good at all. Um, but again, the, the E3 Center is there to, to provide hope, to give people some some outlets and some uh, a place to go where they can find what they need. Right. And, and, and as I said, you know, our 
we will be working hard with the other organizations to connect them to those resources and not just turn over a phone number and say, go call this because it is very, Mm -hmm. very hard to pick up the phone and then you get a busy signal or you, you know, you get a voicemail, but really making good referrals and knowing the resources and being able to have individual conversations with other organizations so that somebody's walking with them through that door and getting that help and, and not just handing them a piece of paper and say, you know, go over there, they'll, they'll do something for you. Um, And I, there are a lot of, you mentioned, um, adults, but there are a lot of children that are homeless. And I think, so there's a misnomer there. And um, I can tell you right now, there are children in Conroe ISD that are homeless. They, all public schools are required to provide services to homeless children. There's several hundred children at any given time in Conroe and the area who are homeless, who are receiving services through the school, um, the free lunches. And and so we'll be, you know, working with that, uh, with them as well be able to connect them to the resources and start walking with them too. And, you know, you don't know who's homeless. They don't all just wear a sign that says, <laughs> yeah. hey, I'm homeless. I mean, it's like I said, it's obvious. Some of them are obvious, sure, you know, sure. but there are lots of people that are sitting right next to your child in a classroom who also are going home to a shelter or, you know, living, we call it couch surfing, where you hop from house to house and relative to relative and friend to friend. Mm-hmm. And you don't, and you, you carry your, your little bag of clothes with you as you move from place to place and um, get evicted and, you know, have to pick up and live in your car and, and they move around all the time. Sure. So as you said, it's really hard to learn. It's really hard to, to grow, you know, when you don't know where your next meal is going to come from, or you don't know where you're going to lay your head that night. Right. I saw on uh, when I was looking online for some of the information about the E3 Center and the Homeless Coalition, I saw um, a very poignant picture of uh, a man on the street holding a sign, which is not a sign that someone would hold, but it it does have a very powerful message. It's, I used to be your neighbor. Uh Um, You know, so again, it's not, it's not those people. It's not a certain kind of people that this happens to. It it could happen to anyone. It could happen to, to, to our neighbors, you know, to, to us, it's 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 one of those real issues that um, is is close by. But again, it's good to know that there's something to kind of help people um, from getting uh, too too far into that. And um, you know, but but it is available to help wherever people are at as well. So make right. sure that we mention right. that. I mean, we're obviously housed in Conroe, but we anticipate serving all of Montgomery County. And we'll be working with our partners, you know, in East County and um, South County and working with other organizations. Yeah, I live over in East County. And I know there's one lady that we walk, watch walk up and down the highway. Mm-hmm. She has a cup from each of the fast food services. And when she passes by, she'll go in and get a free refill. And these people are not, they know she's been doing that for weeks and months on end. Just let her get a drink. Sure. But... The people I live with and I have often questioned, where does she sleep at night? And it starts a conversation in my household because a couple of guys are saying, well, that's her choice. There are services. If she wanted to get out of it, she could go. That's not the case. I know, like, especially like with a lot of teens, they're escaping from domestic violence and sexual abuse, and they're just running, but they have no place to run to. Right. So they end up on the street being victimized again and again. Yeah. Yes. Big, big things, big issues. Um, And I do want to talk about it a little bit more. And like I said, I wanted to focus on solutions and let people know how they can help. And then I also want to recognize some of the people who have um, contributed to to the E3 Center and making that uh, come about. But we're going to have to take another little break. But we will be back in just a minute at um, Lone Star Community Radio. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. This is Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent, Family and Community Health, and I've got Mike McBride and Diana Garbus. We are talking about the E3 Center. So part of the um, it, it is a, a brainchild of the Homeless Coalition. 
Um, they probably we need to explain that just a little bit better. But the E3 Center is the three E's. So we're talking the letter E, and that stands for equip, educate, and empower. And when we look at equip, that's preparing someone mentally for a particular situation or a task. Educate, the acquisition of knowledge and skills, and empower to help someone become stronger and more confident, especially controlling their lives. And that's really what the E3 Center is all about, a kind of a, an umbrella. Yeah, as what you mentioned, that's a really good analogy of, of lots of services that help people who are homeless or potentially homeless um, to prevent that or, or get that or, or um, get out of homelessness to start new um, new lives and and to really get lives back on track so that um, to meet some of those needs that they have. And we had talked about how um, difficult it can be kind of navigating all those systems. So it's it's really great to have that all in one one place. And so I, th- I think that that's just a, an awesome um, concept. And so you've got, you've had some great people on your steering committee that have kind of helped to make this happen. I, I wish Nancy could have been with us today. Nancy Hines. Yes. She's, she's really been the driving force of this. And um, it's been a lot of her vision as well as uh, others on the, the board of the homeless coalition. Um, but to make all of this happen. And as I said, it's a lot of organizations coming together, a lot of voices in, in this I'm late to the party. I mean, I'm, it's nice. I'm going to be here when it opens. But this has been actually in uh, in process for three years now. Uh, it's it's a lot of putting the pieces together. Um, re- reconstructing a building takes a lot of work and effort and putting the designs together. And then, you know, the steering committee started about nine months ago. And they have been meeting uh, every month to work on the mission of the organization which is the mission is to equip, educate, and empower Montgomery County families and individuals to greater levels of stability and self-sufficiency. The vision is a county united to equip, educate, and empower for a strong community. So this really is a community effort. Yes. Um, it's also the, the effort of the county's uh, community block development grant that we received and the support in helping to make this building happen. Um so it's 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 really a lot of individuals and a lot of groups uh, getting together. I and I didn't mention our GED educational outcomes, who's going to be working. Um, they do a uh, GED a little bit differently, and that it's more of a trauma informed uh, process where they're really kind of uh, de- it's it's not as structured, but it meets the individual where they are, and sometimes you have to do that. Um, yeah. So they will also be offering classes there and. It's just going to be very exciting to bring all these resources together. And right now we're getting furniture for the building. And um, as I said, turning the phones on and um, we're uh, needing to finish furnishing the, the the facility. So that's another thing that we're, um, you know, looking for some help there. Uh, volunteers who might be able to be interested in helping us because we will, we're, we're going to staff this very bare bones at the beginning. And so, you know, we'll need some help there. Um so there's just there's opportunities here, I think, to to give back and to uh, support what's going on here in the community. Um, but it's very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. OK, so exciting thing this week, you got your phone turned on. <laughs> so you have a phone number now. I do. It just came on today. <laughs> so uh, it's 936-521-2146. Or you can go to the um, the Homeless Coalition website, which is www.mctxhomeless.org. And uh, on the website, we have more about the E3 Center and um, some of the things that we're doing. And as we get this opened, we'll be able to even, you know, share more about it, get get more marketing information out there and um, become more visible in the community. Um, that's part of what my job is to do is to talk about this. There's mm-hmm. a nice opportunity to be on live radio for the first time. Um <laughs> And be able to share the message and get it out to more people uh, about what's what's happening. It's very exciting, and it's it's just a real. I t- I told this to the um, someone on the courier a couple weeks ago. It's it's a rare moment. I mean, really, to bring so many people together, so many community organizations, so many voices, so many people interested in making a difference in their in their community. And this is for Montgomery County. So. Sure, sure. You know, it's it's a very complex problem. So there's not a really simple answer, but I think that um, this group has been really innovative and in trying to simplify it as much as possible to make it, you know, like we said, a kind of a one-stop shop where you can go one place and you can get help and, and you know, move move forward and do new things. Um, you mentioned you are um, working on a staff 
right? Mm -hmm. So you're interviewing for a case manager? We're we're looking for an intake case manager who will help be the point person for the services. So that's, that's going to be happening soon. Okay. So what's an intake case manager going to do? Well, um, we're we're looking, again, we're looking for someone who can, who will make the, have that initial interview or the walk-in person coming in looking for services who will spend time with that individual or family, uh, really taking a deeper dive into what the needs are and then begin to help them build a plan on what they want to do. And it's their plan, not our plan. Um, And then helping them navigate all of those systems, making those phone calls, doing the follow-up, connecting them in the center to the services, the classes, whatever resources they need, but also the external resources that they might need that aren't going to necessarily be housed at the E3 center. And then to continue to follow up, to be that cheerleader and the encourager to, you know, make sure that somebody's, you know, cares about whether they're successful or not. Because sure. you you talked a little bit about this, but it, you can get very low and feel pretty hopeless. And so, you know, we are going to be you know, offering that hope to individuals and that somebody cares, yeah. you know, that they're not going to be sleeping on the street tonight or that their children aren't going to be sleeping in a car, um, that we want to make sure that they get the opportunities and the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a very complex problem. There's not a simple answer. There's not a one-size-fits-all answer either. So I know that that's one of the things that um, the E3 Center is, is all about. So um, equip, educate, empower. Those are the E3s, the three E's. <laughs> and we've got Diana Garbus. Tell us your number one more time. Uh, 936-521-2146. And if you'd like any more information about the classes that are there, you can call Diana, you can call us. Uh, We also can offer the same, very similar classes out in the community as well. Um, And uh, our our number is 936-539-7825. And I'm Amy Ressler. Thanks for being here, Mike. Thanks for being here, Diana. Thank you. Yeah, it's been great. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio Network. Either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcasts, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.